welcome to the Mountain Cosmos. I'm your host, Rochelle Gilmore, a ski instructor and all-round mountain-loving person. And this podcast is about capturing the many different facets of mountain life. Currently, I'm based up at Mount Hotham in Victoria, Australia for the winter. And although this season has come with quite a few new challenges and things, I'm still so thankful to be up here. Anyway, in this episode, I sit down and have a chat with Leonie Wall. She's an avid backcountry splitboarder, and she also helps run a pretty good Facebook group called Backcountry Women of Australia, and it's a really nice and encouraging environment and group to be part of. Anyway, we talk about a lot of different things in relation to the backcountry. We talk about what she carries in her pack, some of the kind of odd things that we might not have thought about. So there's a few hot tips in there, how to get into getting in the backcountry, a little bit about women in backcountry and encouraging that, choosing appropriate gear, and quite a few other things. I really enjoyed this chat and I hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I did. I'm Yoni Wall. I probably refer to myself as a weekend warrior. Um, mid-30s and started snowboarding in my late 20s, um, so I haven't been doing it really that long. Just absolutely love the mountains and um, have found myself quite the backcountry enthusiast on the splitboard. And through that, in the last couple of years, formed some amazing friendships with some amazing women um, local to Threadbow and Jindabai. From that, that's kind of born the backcountry women of Australia that's really exploded and taken off this year. So that's uh, really what I've been working on and been passionate about in the last uh, 12 months. Awesome. I love that. So, Leonie, the thing that I ask everyone at the start of my show is, what do you, like, love about the mountains? Like, what's the draw for you? Like, obviously, mountain culture is, you know, just such a small part of Australian culture. Why do you love the mountains? Okay, so I'm I'm Canberra girl born and bred, so even though I'm in the city, essentially, um, we're surrounded by mountains. So, for me, the mountains are home. Um, I've always felt so grounded and um, just really happy and content in the mountains and there's so much opportunity out there so not only am I really into the backcountry snowboarding and also just resort snowboarding but um really keen into mountain biking hiking camping we usually camp most weekends in winter down at Threadbow so yeah just everything mountains is home grew up fishing with my dad on Lake Jindabyne so (laughs) yeah it's definitely home for me wow so you spent a lot of time in the mountains but you only started snowboarding a few years ago or like in your mid-20s? Yeah, yeah, about 10 years ago I discovered snowboarding and, yeah, just I'm completely obsessed with it from day dot. God, I was actually looking through my photos on Instagram from like way back in 2012 and, um, yeah, the, the fashion choices back then were super interesting so I had a bit of a giggle at that today. Yeah, I've, I've just loved snowboarding so much. I love the culture. I love being out in the mountains. I love being on a board. I used to wakeboard a, a bit more when I was in my, my 20s as well, so it's kind of natural progression there. But, yeah, just finding the backcountry piece now has just opened up an entirely new world to me. I'm getting a bit old to throw myself at rails and off big jumps, so I prefer to walk up a hill. I guess the exploring in the backcountry is such a fun and exciting thing to do. It's great. I think, I, I mean, I, I tried to set myself a goal this year to kind of go – somewhere new nearly every time I went out which I pretty much did so that um, really kind of gives you that little bit of gold go somewhere new try something new see a different bunch of trees see a different bunch of rocks 
um, go out with a new touring buddy and, and find a new piece of the mountain that you haven't done before. So, yeah, it just opens up a whole new world of possibilities as to where you can go and, you know, what you can kind of do with your weekend. Yeah, exactly. So where's your home mountain if you're a weekend warrior? I'm going to say Threadbow. I've done a lot of seasons at Perisher, but I do um, have a special place for Threadbow. A lot of my friends live on a mountain there or, or in Jindabyne. So, um, yeah, that's definitely my home mountain. And, of course, in summer I'm there for, for mountain biking too. So kind of an unofficial local. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely high mountain. Nice. I kind of love that whole Jindabyne vibe up there. Obviously being down here in Victoria, it's very different down here. So you spend quite a bit of time in the mountains during the summer as well, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. We're up there most weekends. So yeah, I'm pretty fortunate, as I said, living Canberra. We're not that far away. It's just under two hours to to Jindabyne. um, So yeah jump in the car on a Friday afternoon and you're there for the weekend and you boost home Sunday or even Monday morning having a good time. So yeah, pretty pretty fortunate to be able to get there so quickly all the time it's just down the road. And you said that you're a weekend warrior. What do you do during the week then? So like most Canberrans, I work in some form of government. So I'm a project manager. We're working on, on, on different government projects um, in, different, in different industries. So I've just managed to hit a career goal for myself where I only work part-time so my weekends are now three days Fridays to Sundays so that's uh quite an accomplishment in my little my little career world so I'm pretty happy about that that I've got a bit more time to play on the weekends now that is definitely the ultimate goal spending as much time yeah (laughs) yeah spend as much time in the mountains as possible tell me a little bit about how you decided or discovered getting into the backcountry because it's not like something I guess historically that a lot of Australians have done like did you go overseas or yeah how did that all happen it was here yeah I got into the backcountry here um Dead Horse Gap was my first tour which is just up the road from Threadbow it's uh, quite a popular little spot really really easy spot to go for your first time as well can't get into too much trouble I first went out in 2015 a couple of the guys that I was hanging out with um I'd organized to go out with my now husband was back then my one of my best mates and another friend of ours who it was their, their birthday so I'd organized this kind of intro day to go out there um and we just went up there and um and I just thought this is really really hard like I love it but this is really really hard um I struggled so much I didn't really struggle with the technique struggled with carrying weight on my back um struggled learning to walk on kind of skis because I'd never been on skis before either so um, I'm a slip boarder so um you know risky I feel it's definitely um it was a challenge but when I got to the top of Ramshead there and I was able to see the view and look out over the back over over the main range I was like wow this is phenomenal and there is so much opportunity here and um yeah just kind of dabbled in it over the next couple of years and then probably 2017 2018 really kind of got um a bit more into it and I uh, had a few few friends and a couple of girlfriends that were quite into it and we started going out together and having a, a real good time and um learning things the hard way which I think made it even more fun I think that's probably the thing I love most about backcountry is that you often learn things the hard way but they kind of make the best adventures um the best experiences and the best stories to tell when you get back personally when I first started getting into backcountry and like even still you have to be so fit to get out there but I do really enjoy the challenge of skiing backcountry and then you get up there and you can see some of the most beautiful views and 
Like you're really in touch with nature when you're out there. This year, actually, so I would call myself a fair weather sleepwalker. A bit windy, might go out. A bit snowy, won't go out. I'm just gonna go out in the sunshine. I'll have a good day, take a few beers, and, and have a good time. And this year, um, I you know teed up with Snow Safety Australia and the band, um, and did snow sports, and um, those opportunities afforded me to jump on the AST one, the women's AST one, um, and also the AST two. And the weather was absolutely horrendous. And it's not conditions that I would ever go out in. And I actually loved it. And I had such a good time. Um, I pushed myself, made me be so much more prepared with my pack, my clothing, my layering. And yeah, I just didn't, I didn't struggle with the, the bad weather aspect of it. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I was like, well, I can really do this. And I can still really enjoy the bad weather in the back country and, and make safe decisions and still have a really good time. Yeah, there's something about walking and being out in a storm. It just, like, makes you feel alive, makes you feel prepared, like you're actually trying to survive and can be pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I think everyone loves a bit of storm riding, especially in Australia. The gum trees do it for me. It's probably my favourite storm riding in the world. It's nothing like riding through the gum trees when they're, like, heavy, heavy weight down in snow and it's just kind of deep powder and it's a bit of fun. I'm a bit jealous of everyone who went out today um, and got to walk around in the trees in the fresh snow. So, um, but I've also really enjoyed watching all their photos and I've like, send me more, send me more. Just trying to live vicariously through them while I'm uh, in Canberra for probably the next month. Yeah, I think you're right. It's definitely that challenge of being like, yeah, I can survive this. This is cool. I know what I'm doing. Um, And just really learning how to back yourself. Yeah, I always describe that. Maybe not so much when I have ridden backcountry in Australia, but when I've ridden backcountry overseas and it's been steep, the powder's been really deep and like you know borderline maybe we we definitely have to be careful being out here you kind of like kick into this different state where you have to be completely in the moment and that's just something that I really love about being in the backcountry like I can't really think about anything else when I'm hiking up a hill with all my heavy gear or you know clipping in and skiing down something steep and kind of a bit gnarly. Yeah, totally. It must be 2018, I was in Mammoth. One of the girls that I actually met in Threadbow, so I, I gave her a lift up the hill one day, um, and she's American, gave her a lift up the hill to Threadbow, and we went riding together that day, and we just became best friends. So Jordan Jordan Keats, she's one of my best mates, and um, hi, Jordan, if you're listening to this. Yeah, so I gave her a lift up the hill, and she's, one of, I suppose, one of my biggest inspirations in that country. And I went over to Mammoth in 2018 to hang out with her, and they took us out to some back country spots um Virginia Lakes the scenery was absolutely phenomenal we had to sled out there um I'm really bad at sledding it's hilarious we went up this pitch it was one of the scariest things I've ever done I am petrified of heights I don't do heights well (laughs) and we're going up this face skinning up at like five meter switchbacks and I looked back at Jordan and I was like I am petrified absolutely petrified and I think the Abbey Danger the day before was like four and there was some like sloppy just you know bit over from us and she was like I would not put you into a situation that I didn't think you could handle and totally got this and it's going to be awesome and I would not put you in any danger and it just made me feel like really really like safe that she was able to back my like not just back her decision making but also back back that I had the capability to do it as well we get up there and, and we do the run and it was right obviously the biggest run that I've done in that country because there's so much extrovert meter there and it was phenomenal and I was absolutely so stoked I just yeah can't believe that I was actually you know out in Virginia Lakes somewhere where Jeremy Jones goes out and tours regularly and I 
little old me from Australia is out there touring too was a really cool experience. Something that I really do want to ask you a little bit about, I know that you wrote an article recently about how women's backcountry in Australia is booming. Like, tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely blown away by it. I'm blown away about how many women in Australia want to get out there, want to give it a go, are giving it a go um, and a part of the community. I started a Facebook group a couple of years ago and just really a way for, you know, my local Threadbo friends to catch up and organise to go out touring together after catching after, after a poolside afternoon at Threadbo. Um, and from that, I ended up opening it up to the wider community, posting it in a few of the other forums and inviting any um, any females into the group that wanted to kind of, you know, get amongst it and learn from each other and, and have kind of a safe space to connect and ask questions that they might not feel comfortable asking in, um, you know, a, a bigger forum and, and just really knowing that there's other women out there. Starting from scratch, there's other women out there that are super experienced um, and there's other women out there that just want to go out and have a great time. And I think last time I checked, there was about 750 women in, in the Facebook group, which is absolutely phenomenal. There's gear that's posted for sale. We share we share events, we ask questions, we share photos of trips that we've been on and it's just, yeah, just a really inclusive way to do that. And from that I had one of my fellow backcountry women who I've, I've also looked up to over the past couple of years, Kate. She started the um, Backcountry Women Instagram page as well, which um, I'm really grateful for. So um, that's been really cool and she's doing some awesome things there. So blown away by the support we're getting from some of the brands and they've been reaching out to us and providing support it's just watch this space there's a lot of women out there that, that are really going to blow up the backcountry scene and um, I think I've, I see more women out there than men now I think which is really cool taking over it's uh really good I've convinced a couple of my girlfriends this season to get backcountry set up so we can go ski during all of these lockdowns because yeah like a couple of years ago literally like even being a ski instructor hardly anyone had any touring gear it was all yeah. about skiing in the resort and we have so much amazing terrain like just beyond the resorts it's so good to be able to go out and explore so much easy access uh opportunities just outside resort and, and i think as well like i said a couple of years ago there wasn't even really a lot of backcountry gear available for women might have been a little bit more on skis but the split boards that I started on back in 2015 2016 were pretty average compared to what's available now in 2021 it's been a huge jump and I think the industry is really paying attention to the fact that there's a market there and I think it's just going to get better for us on that like where do you get your gear big on supporting local I think you know they're the backbone to our, our local ski industry so um, I've always uh, shopped local when it comes to getting any of my snow gear whether it's resort or, or not there's so many stores in Jindabyne I'm a, a rhythm rider so sponsored by rhythm so there's plenty of backcountry gear there and they have an amazing um, backcountry range as well for everything but I think one of the really big things when it comes to gear is to make sure that you can go in and actually touch it feel it try it on make sure it's going to work for you make sure you understand how things work how things connect because if, if you're not doing that um, you're just going to make your life a little bit hard in the backcountry country um, and trying to work out how to do it asking other people 
what their recommendations are. We just had a big conversation in the group around backpacks, so what backpacks that you can use, what suits who, um, different people, different shapes, different needs, different requirements, um, we all need a different backpack. So it was really good to have that conversation with a bunch of women all talking about different requirements that they might have. That's probably, yeah, if anyone's thinking about getting gear, number one, support your local shop, not just in these times but all the time because, um, you know, they're your workers in the field, ski field, and they've been around a lot and they're really passionate about helping you out too. And then, yeah, if you can get into a shop and and, um, and play with it and try it on, try a backpack on, drop all the straps, open all the zippers, close all the zippers, know where everything is, pretend you're out there reach for your lip balm, where's your lip balm, where that's going to be. Same with a bib. All the bibs are different too. So, I mean, I've got my favourite bibs, but that might not be the same for everyone else. So all the equipment that you need in the backcountry needs to be really purpose, really thought about. Why do you want it? What's the purpose? What's the functionality? And then, of course, does it look the probably the other piece that we need to make sure because you always want to look good in the photos. Well, you spend all that time hiking. You might as well look good in the photos. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> all for the gram. So, um, no, it's, um, yeah, so I think that's really important to be able to try it all on and, and, and make sure that you're comfortable, you can, you can move freely in it you're not gonna feel too kind of feel like everything's kind of tight or uncomfortable when you've got extra layers on when you are out in that bag whether it's not all about just you know hiking in your, in your favorite base layer and, and bib there are really bad weather days where you need to wear you know a puffer and a, and a shell you need to make sure it all works together you don't feel like a marshmallow man as you walk in I'm really big on like making sure that everything is waterproof and is like wind tight as it possibly can be, you know, when you need it. Obviously, like a lot of people that are really into touring, they can have like that more shell style, but I like to stay nice and dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's it. I mean, starting out, it's all backcountry gear and all really good gear is a, is a huge dollar outlay and, you know, you're not going to get it right the first time. So ask to borrow your friend's gear, do research, do reviews, ask about it, try it on in the shops, see how you feel about it. I'm still looking for my perfect shell jacket. I haven't found it yet. So, yeah, still looking for that. Look for it this season. Still haven't found it. Um, I've currently flipped between two jackets. They're very different. Um, and neither neither are kind of the, the ultimate thing. So, yeah, so maybe next season I'll find my dream jacket, but I haven't found it yet. I definitely am loving my outerwear um, this season. If anyone's been following me on Instagram, you might see that I've been skiing in a full-on light blue ski suit the brand called Narona that's not an Australian brand it's a Norwegian brand and I'm loving it I don't know everyone's different body shapes so it can be hard to get ski wear like for women in Australia as well it's changing there's a lot more opportunity a lot a lot of a lot of everything out there personally um I rock the Burton AK bib got two of them and um, yeah I love them they're really light they move they stretch got pockets everywhere and They've got the all-important zips down the side of the legs so uh, you can drop your butt flap in the backcountry when you need to. So that's really probably the most important point that you need to look for in a bib in the backcountry. It doesn't have a butt zip. Yes, you got to be able to pee out in the wilderness on those long days. Especially if you, like, you know, smash a beer at the top and get down and you're like, oh, 
You want to go again, but need a break first. It's not easy. I don't think men realise how easy they've got it. Not at all. Not at all. The extra things that we have to go through and think about. That's probably my pick. Whereas, you know, I've got friends who they've got the the new Volku bib, um, the Gore-Tex one. They really love that. Um, It's super stretchy. The XTM stuff's really good. The Pure stuff's really good. Yeah, I've seen lots of girls with lots of different bibs. So yeah, it's all about, yeah, like you said, everyone's got a different body shape. Just working out what works for you. And the pockets at the right height. Have you got enough pockets? Can you clip heaps of carabiners to everything? I like to clip carabiners to everything. So all my pockets, all my bags, um, so I can just like smash my gloves on there when I don't need them or whatever. And I think on that with like finding the right fit for backcountry like ski and snowboard wear, don't be afraid. Like if you are buying online, ask customer service people for exact measurements on different parts of the pants or the jacket like different measurements use them for what they're there for to help you pick the right exactly. thing exactly and yeah and, and yeah if you've got friends that have um have outerwear that you're eyeing off try it on give it a go ask to borrow it for a weekend see how it works take it for a run buying Gore-Tex is a really expensive exercise <laughs> you want to do it right and you don't want to be uh buying something and then having buyer's remorse and thinking this isn't exactly this wasn't isn't what I was like it looks cute but it isn't what I hope for and when it comes to backcountry and how it's all going to piece together and, and get you up the hill and get you downhill like how often do you usually you know throw about a grand at a jacket not very exactly. often yeah so I guess going back to the backpack thing that you were talking talking about obviously like beacon shovel probe all of those sort of survival things that you need in your backpack but what is something like special that you might put in your backpack that other people might not know so this is something that i've just started this season and it's been an absolute game changer for me you can get i'm sure there's like other brands of them but it's like a runner's osprey soft drink bottle it's like 500 mil that they go in like the runner's vest. I take that in my backpack and then I can put it in the front of my bib while I'm hiking. Because obviously when, you, when you're hiking, um, if it's cold outside and you've got a camelback in your bag, it can all freeze and it doesn't work. And um, it, Anyway, but yeah, so this, is, this has been my little game changer for, for 2021 is to yeah have this like little 500 mil soft drink bottle that I, I can stick in the front of my bib and use as a drink bottle as I'm walking up the hill I don't have to take my backpack on and off I can it's just there that's a hot tip so that's been my game changer that's been really good and yeah hand warmers like I said I haven't really gone out my preference is not to go out in uh, terrible weather but this year I was really forced to do that and um, I made sure I always had my toe warmers in and got like the hand warmers in my mitts and then I had a, a, a liner as well so that's probably the other hot tip that I'm literally hot tip with the hand warmers that um really get, gets me through those terrible days in that country because there's nothing worse than touching cold metal with like when you're cold and what is your favorite backcountry snack snickers I really love a snickers bar um they do get a bit hard when it's cold so kit kats because you can share them too yeah and actually when they're cold they snap better so. that's a good chocolate bar I always like to have a little bit of chocolate in my backpack when I'm hiking yeah. when you start to get to that hiking point where you're like all right I'm just gonna I'm gonna do 50 steps and then I'm gonna have a rest when you when you're at that point when you're hiking up out of something and it's just it's an absolute punish you're like all right I'm just gonna do 50 steps and then when you get to that end of 50 steps you're like I'm gonna treat myself with some chocolate <laughs> to the next 50 steps and you definitely can burn a lot of energy out there exactly i had a girlfriend of mine go out and do a mountaineering course with um ali pepper a couple of years ago i'm not sure if anyone's heard of ali pepper she's phenomenal she's climbed everest 
if you have the opportunity to hear her speak, she's just, yeah, really great. And one of the tips that Ali gave her was just take a chocolate bar because the calories don't matter in the backcountry because you need them, you burn them, and, yeah, just eat everything you want. Eat all, eat a whole sneeze bar. You're going to burn it off anyway. So Even just the peace of mind of knowing that if you get a little bit stuck, things take a little bit longer than expected that you've got that little bit of food in there so I think as well um one thing that I've been doing on bigger days and it's something that I picked up from um, enduro racing on the mountain bike is the cliff block gels I usually throw a few of them in my bag it's just that extra burst of energy to kind of get you up a you know the last descent or a big descent keeps you going type thing so yeah a bit of extra energy so that yeah like I said enduro racing for um on mountain bikes that's you know always in my pack like I brought that into the backcountry this year as well just so you can get me that little bit further with a bit more energy it makes a big difference so did you ski before you were a snowboarder? No, I think I skied um, when I was about eight, probably the only time I skied. So yeah, the only skiing I now do is that awkward split board ski that we have to do when we traverse sometimes. It petrifies me. I'm so scared of blowing a knee and doing it badly and falling over. So um, it's definitely something I wanted to work on this year. I'm getting better at it slowly. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a joke um, I have with my husband and my, and my best mate when we go out together and we have a bit of, you know, the, the ski challenge where, where you take off the, your skins um, and you try and get your skiing on, on your slipboard skis. It's terrifying. Got any tips in the ski? <laughs> I mean, I would just say learn how to ski, but... <laughs> say that every year I'm like I'm gonna learn to ski I'm gonna hire some skis I'm gonna do some spring skiing and then I just haven't done it I mean ultimately you have to do the thing that you enjoy one day I will learn to ski properly and I'm sure it's gonna make a world of difference in my my split boarding in the backcountry um and I'll be a little bit less terrified yeah so there's definitely some it's a weakness that I need to work on in my backcountry backcountry endeavors for sure absolutely used to hate skiing and I was like why am I doing this this is so such a punish this is hard work just want to go down the hill I'm the same on the mountain bike I just want to go down the hill but this year I really really found a lot of solace in skinning I'm quite happy to go out for a day and just skin and not get the lines and yeah I think that that part of my backcountry has really taken a big change in direction um, and, and it's really allowed me to be out there for a lot longer and do, and, and do bigger days a lot easier. That's awesome. I think you definitely have to enjoy the way up as much as you enjoy the way down because it takes a long time to climb up these mountains. It really does. So, yeah, you, you've got to enjoy it. I think the first tour I went out, we season there was snowfall. It was decent snowfall in May, probably about 20 centimetres. And everyone got really excited and went out. And we just walked like 5Ks on the fire road from Charlotte's Pass towards Kosciuszko. Um, on that main range kind of walk and turned around walked five k's back and that was our day didn't really ride just skinned but we had a great time and it was really good to just hang out and chat and just be on be on our like skins and be out in the mountain be out in the snow and just get really psyched for the winter so that was a really cool experience nice so leonie what are some hot tips or some advice that you might have for someone male or female that wants to get into skiing and snowboarding in the backcountry so I suppose number one is that it's hard. I mean, it's fun, particularly if you do it with the right people, but um, don't take all the glamorization of what we've got um, out on our Instagram of what it is. There are definitely the hard yards that you've got to put in, so be prepared for that. Hire some gear to start off with. Don't go out by yourself. Go out with someone who's experienced because not only will they um, keep you safe, 
but they will um, show you some tips to make your life a little bit easier your first couple of times. And I strongly, strongly recommend doing your, um, your AST ones, the Avalanche Safety Training Level 1, um, which is a two-day course that you can do in Victoria, New South Wales, overseas, wherever you are. It just gives you the basic fundamentals that you need to be able to make good decisions in the backcountry to keep yourself and your friends safe. Um, it also teaches you how to um, use the probe, shovel and beacon that you carry in your backpacks that you shouldn't hopefully ever need unless you pull your shovel out to do your hole for fun or make a shelf to sit on. It's, it's really good and, and you'll learn skills, you'll learn about the snow, you'll learn why we do things the way we do, you'll learn why we make decisions and you'll learn about how to understand the advisories that are starting to come out as well, which is also a new thing in Australia is our avalanche advisories, which are a really great tool to make sure that you pay attention to those before you head out. Yeah, there's a website where people can go and look at avalanche forecasts and stuff, hey? So there's MS, MSC org I'm sure it is um, and that's got your the easiest user-friendly kind of way to be able to see whether it's what your advisories are whether it's alpine subalpine it's red green yellow red's bad green's good shows the aspects red green yellow alpine subalpine um, and it's just a really quick easy visual way to have a look if you want to get in a bit deeper and understand a bit more what snowpack's doing there's a few other websites there's avalanche from australia they often put up the results of their pits so yeah your ast2 you learn a lot more about how to read the pits how to dig the pits and how to report if you dig a pit yourself um and that kind of explains what the snowpack's doing so you can make um some really really educated assessments and on where you're going to go and what you're going to do in the backcountry everything's pretty safe out there at the moment um we just had a, a snowstorm down there today it's a nice fresh 20 centimeters but we've had a really good melt free cycle over the last couple of weeks so there will be a little bit of movement as things settle but it's, it's ultimately pretty safe out there so if you're lucky enough to be in the mountains over the next couple of weeks please get out there and shred some for me for sure i'll do some tansy tomorrow perfect thank you so much i can't wait to get back out there had a little bit of time off the last couple of days keeping it low yeah. i feel like that was some really valuable information there for people yeah. wanting to get into the backcountry and i think people would don't always realize that there are those resources that we can go to to look for those avalanche reports and it is really helpful that we're starting to have that happen here in australia i think so as well and particularly if you're overseas consequences overseas are a lot bigger i mean australia is we do have avalanches we haven't been any big ones this year it's all been pretty stable there's just been a few corners drops and things like that but there there have been some big ones in australia there have been deaths in australia but yeah everyone going overseas hopefully 2022 is going to be our year get out there and, and make sure that if you are going somewhere for the first time look at what the advisories are um, make sure you've got your knowledge walk up with a guide you know you don't need to be here and go out there the, your first time um, in a new location the guides know where the good spots are um, they'll teach you about the terrain remember as well everything in the northern hemisphere is opposite to the southern hemisphere so that's a good tip as well to remember that so the aspects you use to skiing at home in australia are going to be different to the aspects you're going to ski overseas awesome so anything that maybe i haven't asked you that you thought we'd talk about that you'd like to talk about 
Yeah, just uh, I suppose yeah. I think I'm just really excited to see what um, the women in that country is going to continue to grow over the next, you know, 12 months and then into the future. I'm really excited that the industry is listening to us. Um, that they've really got their ears pricked up. That there's such a cohort out there. There's such a market. Um, and we're really coming at it with like you know at a thousand miles an hour. Like I said, I think there might even be more women out there than men at the moment. So which is really cool. Yeah. So if you if you are out there and you see a bunch of girls give them a big you because we're out there being but yeah the girls having a good time and really we're literally breaking ground out there we're cutting skin tracks and making our own our own way out in the back country which is really really cool the crowd of them all it's really cool yeah it's a great thing to be seeing happening even just from like the online community side of things i think it's really bringing us girls together it's seems like quite an encouraging environment to be part of I've kind of been following along a little bit online where should people find you if they want to like kind of follow your journey so yeah my Instagram is little wall that's me you basically see photos of that country my cat it's probably more mountain biking now that we're moving into summer and then yeah otherwise please get involved in the um, Backcountry Women of Australia Facebook group. There's also an Instagram page which is Backcountry um, Women AU. And there's so many resources there. I'll be hopefully doing a few more blogs over the next this season. Next season, I'm really keen to keep sharing the information and bringing the community together. Ideally, was going to do a few more meetups and you know Backcountry tailgate parties at the end of a touring day. That was the plan for this season. I don't think I'll get back down there in the next couple of weeks. Really, really got my fingers cross for some spring turns later in the season because it looks like this snowpack is going to hold really well. Please feel free to reach out, shout out to me, see me in the car park, give me a holler. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to anyone and I'm happy to make new friends. I think that's one of my favourite things about the backcountry community at the moment. Everyone has just been really supportive, really open. Yeah, the women are just out there supporting each other. It's one of the greatest industries I've been. I mean, women supporting women at the moment in all industries has just been phenomenal. Um, I think we're in a really, really great age. But, yeah, and that country has been really cool. I've made so many friends this season and there's so many women out there doing really cool things. So not just me, but there's, yeah, plenty out there that, that are really interesting to follow. So go down the rabbit hole and, and find us all. Awesome. I think I will put all those links in the show notes so people can find them as easy mm-hmm. as possible. Thank you so much for doing this little show with me, Leonie. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Um, And yeah, I'm just really stoked that we've got so much going on at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And that is a wrap on my episode with Leone. What a chat. I have put a few links in the show notes so you can go check out some of the things we were talking about. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to The Mountain Cosmos so you don't miss an episode. And I would love it if you could share the podcast with someone who you think might like a little listen. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and if you have time, please leave me a rating and review because it'll help people find The Mountain Cosmos. Also, go and give The Mountain Cosmos a follow on Instagram and a like on Facebook. Anyway, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe for the rest of the winter. It's been quite a crazy season and I'll uh, see you guys later.